You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Well, I haven't really talked to you guys since watching the scrimmage film, so I do think we made significant improvement in a lot of areas. But still, the question remains, can you complete a simple task on a consistent basis so that you can play winning football? And that's the question that a lot of players have to answer, especially, you know, some of the backup players, the less experienced players who are getting plenty of reps now, but they have to take advantage of the opportunity and you know, it comes down to what I said last year. You've got to prepare yourself so when you get a chance to play, you can take advantage of that because you are ready to play rather than focusing on too many other things. You control what you say, what you think, and what you do. And what somebody else does, what somebody else says, what somebody else thinks really doesn't matter. So. It's important to stay focused and keep the main thing the main thing, especially at this point in time, because you know, right now we got to start deciding, all right, who are we going to coach? Who are we going to bring along? Who are we going to play on special teams? How many guys can we travel with? What's their role going to be? And guys have had lots of opportunity to find that. So um, hopefully we'll get more and more guys that you know are ready to 
play winning football so that we have more depth on the team because we we definitely need that to get through you know the kind of schedule the kind of difficult challenges that we're going to have in the future but other than that i nothing else to really you know report um we continue this week to work on you know other opponents who do different things and you know we'll do, do a little bit on the first game tomorrow but really not really start on that till friday full full metal jacket Welcome in, and uh, today, the th- Thursday edition of the Jay Barker Show, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and we got a great show lined up for you today. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. You got Top Golf today, you'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation, and at Top Golf, you get a lot of great food, fun, great drinks, and uh, they do a lot of charitable events as well for a lot of charities and different people around the area and uh, throughout the state of Alabama. Also, Top Golf uh, when it comes to parties, birthday parties, bachelorette parties, bachelor parties, you'll love Top Golf of Birmingham. We're also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. We got uh, Clint Lamb coming up from the Own 3 Sports at 1230. Look forward to that. And also John Talta, a new book out about Coach Saban. We'll get into some of Coach Saban's comments about this book. He'll be with us at 1.15. And uh, you just heard from Coach Saban's yesterday press conference after practice. And we're less than a week out from Utah State and Alabama Crimson Tide. Kicking it off in game number one on September the 3rd at 6.30 p.m. at Bryant-Denny Stadium. So a lot to get into, a lot of storylines as well from PGA and uh, around also uh, one of my teammates, Mario Morris. We'll get into that as well, uh, getting hired by the NCAA as the new CFO, so good stuff there for him. Congratulations. And uh, former linebacker for the Crimson Tide from 1990 to 1994. Matt Coulter and Lars Anderson live from AVX Audio Video Excellence. Guys, how are you this afternoon? Uh, can I tell you the truth, Jay? Do you ever have a friend in the back of the class that did something really, really funny, and you had to keep from laughing so the teacher and the rest of the class wouldn't wouldn't know? I mean, that right. how many times yeah. that happened to you when you a were a kid, yeah. all the time? Yeah. Well, that just happened in the open, and I'm still <laughs> trying to gather myself. I can't, and, and and just like then, I can't go into the details, or Lars and I would get in trouble. <laughs> but uh, okay, now now Lars, okay. by the way, okay, let's go back to that. That was funny, and I think appropriately described. Yeah, uh, so there, we got a lot going on in the show coming up in the next uh, few days. Like uh, like Jay mentioned, I'm really excited to talk to John Talty at 1.15. Uh, he wrote a really wonderful book called The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban, How Alabama's Coach Became the Greatest Ever. It recently became a bestseller uh, on the, the list that's put out by the Wall Street Journal. And that is particularly impressive because John is with a smaller publisher. And it is really, really hard when uh, you don't have a lot of marketing muscle, a lot of marketing money behind the book to get on that bestseller list. And on Amazon right now, it's the number one new release in in football coaching. And and John is just, it's a really insightful book. I just got done reading it. And uh, he unearthed so many new nuggets about Nick Saban, and uh, it's been excerpted in a lot of different places. And so uh, uh, really excited to have him on. And then uh, next week on on Monday, 
we're going to have Tom Rinaldi on from Fox. And I've been texting with Tom. And Tom is going to be on the sideline for the Alabama-Texas game uh, for in uh, Alabama's second game. Alabama's traveling to Austin, so that is a Fox game. And I, I can't remember the last time Alabama was on Fox. But uh, uh, but uh, Tom Rinaldi, longtime ESPN reporter, uh, fellow Columbia man. 11 a.m. Yeah. Our time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, he recently was in Tuscaloosa talking with Coach Saban. And uh, I think we're going to be able to have an extended chat with Tom Rinaldi on Monday. And uh, that should be really uh, insightful and interesting. And, you know, he has a long relationship with Nick Saban. And he is one of those few reporters that Nick Saban truly trusts and, and opens up to. And so uh, I think Tom is going to be able to shed a lot of light kind of on where Alabama is. And, uh, Jay, I, you know, I've been thinking a little bit more about, uh, and I know this comment was made uh, a week or two ago, uh, about how Nick Saban said that last year was a rebuilding year. You know, if last year was a rebuilding year, I think that, that – what does that say about this team? Because that means this, the, it, if last year was rebuilding, now the team has been built. <laughs> and the last year's team was just a few injuries away, I think, from winning the national title, a few plays away from winning the national title. And uh, I think it just it, – it underscores, Jay – how much Nick Saban likes this team at the start of the year. I mean, of course, you know, you don't know about injuries. You don't know about a bad balance of the ball or, or whatever. But I just listening to Coach Saban throughout the uh, the preseason, I don't I don't can't I can't remember a uh, a, a time before uh, the, the first game kicked off that Coach Saban seems so high on a team. Yeah, you lost all your production on offense, lost your quarterback. Uh, you had a quarterback that didn't get a lot of snaps that year because of the COVID and because of uh, just the, the, the amount of games that were played. So he didn't get you know n- nearly the amount of reps. So we weren't sure about how Bryce Young would uh, react uh, in certain games and, and reacted so well. And, you know, what, one of the areas I think that, that he can get better at, and we'll talk more about this as we get on, is just on um, look, looking at turnovers and interceptions. Um, and, and last year, uh, n- not so much that he – you know, he was actually really good for about seven straight games, no turnovers. But in the playoffs, thinking it was what three interceptions, I think it was in the playoffs. So that that's you know some things that, that I think Alabama can continue to get better at. But you know, the, the rebuild uh, topic, Matt, is one that Coach Saban they came back and kind of readdressed and said, well. Here in Alabama, we have a different standard, a standard that's different than anybody else's. And we have a lot of guys ahead in the NFL. And when you lose guys like that, it's pretty much always kind of a rebuilding year. But I think he feels, as Lars said, really good about this team because they got so many starters coming back on offense, so many on defense. Uh, some key positions, though, a wide receiver, they got to see where that chemistry is. But when you got your quarterback on defense, Henry Toloto, you got your quarterback in the backfield of the defense, and Jordan Battle, you got Will Anderson, the best player maybe in the country, Dallas Turner, who probably would get more recognition if he wasn't on the other side, the other end, I guess you might say, in that defense. Uh, you got other guys stepping up, like Chris Braswell as well. And um, But in the backfield, you know, a new, new back transfer, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you got Bryce back in, in the year that he had last year, Cameron uh, Camp, uh, Latu right now, uh, dealing with some injuries. So we'll kind of look at the, the, that tight end position or who's going to kind of fill that role. And uh, will they move some guys around even an offensive line, maybe to uh, be able to fill that in, in some blocking downs where they need a good blocker on that tight end position. But it, it is, I mean, that was a rebuild year last year. They lost a ton on 
defense, they lost a ton on offense, and they reloaded. Then they lost again. They reload again, and they're doing a lot of it through the transfer portal now, especially at certain positions where they need immediate impact players. It's uh, what you just said, Jay. Uh, at Alabama, it's a different standard. And in this particular case, rebuilding means something totally different to, to Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. Uh, and that's why he was kind of snickered at. Well, well, in his mind, Alabama was rebuilding. And uh, when he says something like that, I'll scare the hell out of everybody on, his, on, on the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I, I've been talking to more of my reporter friends around the country, and so many are excited to see Gibbs, right, and, and, and how he is going to factor into the offense. And, and he can be used, Jay, in so many ways. And, and I know we were talking the other day, you know, when's the last time that Alabama had a speed back? And, 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 and you mentioned Kenyon Drake. Uh, who, by the way, was just recently? I think I think he was released, or he was. yeah, yeah, yep. by the Raiders. Um, but uh, but but how how different is the offense going to look when you have a player with his skill set, Jay? Well, I, mean, I think number one, you can be able to throw the ball more out of the backfield. Him, even though Brian Robinson, B. Rob, and the rest of the backs have been there, could catch the ball and they could make plays and stuff. But he he's more built and uh, and in, in, in that style. But he's got just great feet, great feel for really what we call press the hole is where you're able to get up in, in the hole, make a linebacker, make a decision, and then cut off of that and use your offensive lineman as well as your block. You know, the blocking schemes up front. So. Not only is he really good at that, he's shifty with his feet, feet low to the ground, can then accelerate out of the out of that uh, out of the holes, out of the, the line of scrimmage, and, and make big gains. I think that's what was more probably most impressive about him. But his just ability to whether it's you know uh, skipping through the line of scrimmage, feet low, uh, planting his foot, getting up the field, making plays coming out of the backfield with screens, just normal pass plays to him. A couple of uh, what uh, touchdowns he's had uh, in the scrimmages, at least e- even in practice, uh, a lot of things happening with him on wheel routes and other things that he's really, really good at. So I think he's going to be a great weapon. As, and I said it yesterday or Wednesday or Tuesday, excuse me, said, look, you know, watch out for Jameer Gibbs in the Heisman because he's going to have more talent around him, have more opportunities in this offense. Uh, he may not get maybe as many carries he may have gotten at Georgia Tech. I think he'll still get a lot. But at the same time, I think he's going to have a lot more big plays in an offense where he can get the ball running it and also get it from catching it out of the backfield. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. And again, Clint Lamb is going to be joining us from All 3 Sports at 1230. we got John Talty and his new book about Coach Saban coming out or, and uh, already out, but uh, doing great on the New York Times bestseller list. He'll be with us at 115 today. So stay with us. We're live from ABX Audio Video Excellence continues. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama, Alabama sports. sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky will stay mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today, 82, tonight's low 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Welcome back in. Hour number one here on this Thursday edition. Live from ABX Audio Video Excellence. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Jay Barker as we continue looking ahead less than a week now. But away from Alabama, Utah State. Again, uh, coming up, just some of the uh, good guests we'll be having today. Clint Lamb at 1230. We'll talk to him uh, from All 3 Sports. John Talty will be with us as well at 115. His new book out uh, about Coach Saban. And uh, Tom Rinaldi is going to join us on Monday. Tomorrow we got the... Uh, President of Talladega Super Speedway will talk NASCAR and beer and BDS, Brian Denny Stadium, and also Tony Curry will join us as well. So look forward to that as the uh, good. Uh, we have a fun Friday tomorrow coming up on the uh, on the show. I want to go back to uh, John Talty's book real quick, Lars, because you know this is something that you know we talked about with Dabo, we talked about with other coaches, and as writers or journalists and guys that write books like yourself and John, and and you've written a ton and had a lot of success and what three New York Times bestsellers and maybe four. I'm not sure how many I can keep up and count them anymore, but uh, just talk about the process of that. And because Coach Saban to come out and said, "Look, I'm not going to endorse this. I don't. I'm not going to say whether, whether everything's right or anything's wrong. Um, I'm not going to sign autographs on. I'm not going to uh, autograph these these books. I mean, I know he's waiting till he writes something or, or does something. I guess on his own at that particular time. But just talk about that, that struggle. Uh, for a writer when maybe you don't get that endorsement or can't get uh, able to maybe sit down with a coach, you got to kind of go around and, and meet with people that have been around that person uh, and, and really try to gather as much information as possible to write a book. Yeah. The key is that uh, in the two books I've written about coach Saban, uh, the storm in the tide and chasing the bear is that Nick didn't reach out to other people who are in his inner circle and say, don't talk to Lars. And I really appreciated that because really it's almost liberating when you're uh, the main character that you're writing about uh, uh, isn't going to talk to you because so often, and I I really believe this, that uh, what you're trying to do as a reporter is reveal truths about a person that maybe the person themselves cannot see. And you do that by talking to as many people who orbit in their universe as possible. And then you start to to paint a a, a bigger picture. And uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney was the same way. He knew I was writing a book. Uh, I talked to his agents who are here in Birmingham. Uh, I was hoping to, you know, uh, speak with Dabo, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, he chose not to do that. And, uh, but Dabo also said, Hey, uh, he, he, he didn't tell anybody not to speak with me. And so, uh, it, it becomes very challenging when the person you are writing about, uh, does tell people, uh, not to, not to talk to you as the author. Has that Have you had that? It has not yeah. happened to me. No, no, it's not happened to me. It's happened to Jeff Perlman. I know that, uh, you know, my buddy and, and your friend too, Jay, uh, who lives out in L.A. and, and he's written so many books and uh, the the uh, new HBO uh, or Showtime. Or it's called Showtime. I think it's on HBO. I, f- I forget where it is. But anyway, it's, it's based on one That'd of his It'd be cool books. to have Showtime show on HBO. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it, but... Um, but it, it, but what John did is he he just uh, he went way back into Nick Saban's background uh, the same way I did and, and talked to uh, people that knew him growing up and and talked to uh, players that he's had. I mean, just think about how many people Nick Saban has interacted with in his life. So many. And uh, I, I'll never forget. I mean, I, I one of the, one of the best sources when I wrote Chasing the Bear. 
was Greg McElroy. And, uh, and, and Greg, uh, Greg and I go, go way back. You know, I covered him when he was at Alabama. I actually nominated him to be sportsman of the year, uh, because, uh, just the way he conducted himself and the fact that he was a road scholar, road scholar finalist. And, uh, and, and Greg remembered that and, and Greg and I were scheduled to talk for maybe 20 minutes and we talked for three hours. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, it's almost like. When you when you when you really start talking to people who know Coach Saban, it's almost like they know more than they think they do, right? Because once they get going, it triggers more memories and and uh, and the fact that John was unable to unearth so much new information about Coach Saban, the fact that after the kick six. Uh, and after that season was over and, and just how, how hard that year was on him, uh, that he, you know, he explored opportunities and, and checked out perhaps moving to ESPN and, and had, uh, had some high level talks with uh, people. He was going to do a game day that was, uh, going to be the sort of target for him. But I think he realized pretty quickly that, um, that that wasn't what he wanted to do. He wanted to stay in, in coaching, but, uh, you know, it certainly, it presents, uh, some reporting challenges, but they can be overcome. And it's just by interviewing, 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 calling, calling, uh, you know, uh, speaking of Jeff Perlman, he has a book coming out on Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson aggressively did not want Jeff to write this book. And Jeff even got yelled at by, uh, I think, but one of Bo's sisters. And, you know, Jeff's got really thick skin. You have uh, to. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm way too sensitive. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. You know, I, I the thing is, I, I don't, I've never written a, a negative book. My books are, I try to make them celebratory. They're recruiting tools. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not and a. And you don't I, write it that way. No. It just comes out that way yeah. because you've told the truth. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I try to, um, again, yeah, yeah, be as truthful as possible. And But uh, but I'm not sort of digging for dirt. I mean, that's that, that doesn't interest me. And, and, and look, if, if somebody was doing a book on me or a book on you, Matt, or a book on you, Jay, like, Everybody has sort of, you know, some. Everybody's had challenges in their life. Put it that way, and um, that's never been my thing to focus on. But but John has done a great job in just interviewing so many people, and again, uh, illuminating sort of di different aspects of Nick Saban's leadership style uh, that uh, that that really haven't been explored before. And uh, I really, it, 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 his book underscores to me more than anything. I, and I, I know you agree with this, Jay. Nick Saban would have been successful in anything he went into. He could have been running any company. Uh, he could be, you know, just really, uh, he could be on, on uh, Wall Street. You know, it, it, whatever he chose to do, he was going to be successful because he uh, is so focused, uh, is so disciplined. And it's so dang smart. I mean, he is so smart. Uh, he he's one of the smartest people I've come across. But I don't know, Jay. You, you tell me. Like, what what is you you've sat across from Nick Saban in his office, and you've had extended conversations with him. What 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 just what is your sort of just 
I don't know. Just your your analysis of, of Nick Saban, just not necessarily as a football coach, but just as, as someone who could be successful in any endeavor he chose to go into. Yeah, I'm going to make it quick. We got Clint Lamb coming up, so I want to make sure we get him enough time here coming up at 1230. But, yeah, he could have been successful at anything. I mean, any of his uh, ventures that he's done outside of football have been successful. His Mercedes dealership in Nashville, the one here in Birmingham, uh, there on Grantsville Road. Um, you know, probably couldn't have played in the NBA. Maybe that's the only thing he probably couldn't have done, even though he loves to play basketball. Um, but as far as being a CEO and just running a company, having a process in the way that he really, the biggest thing that he does is he motivates the people around him. So when you see how hard he works and you see the work ethic that he has, I think the people around him, it pushes them to a whole different level. And he's hard on the people around him. And he's tough on them, makes them, you know, really work at a, at a level that a lot of guys just aren't used to that type of, type of grind. And so um, I, I think he draws a lot of confidence from the fact that he's going to outwork and outprocess everybody that's in the business. And you see now that everybody's tried to take his uh, manuscript, his way of doing things, and try to apply it to other places by bringing guys in, hiring me as head coaches or coordinators, or, you know, guys that like uh, Brian Kelly, that you watched him kind of take on the same type of language uh, and, and the same type of approach after that 2012 beatdown Alabama gave him uh, down in Miami for the national championship. All right, let's stay tuned. we got Clint Lamb coming up from On3 Media. Look forward to talking to him about the Crimson Tide, getting ready for Utah State and also Week 2 Bama-Texas game. Stay with us live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. the Alabama Crips tied less than a week away from their first matchup against Utah State. Clint, thanks for being with us. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson is well with us alongside, and uh, we're really appreciative of you coming on and talking some Alabama football with us today. Well, absolutely, no problem. How you guys doing today? Man, doing well, doing well. Uh, let, let's All start good. with the guys that are there that j- just got there in the spring and, and coming in, and, and we talk about as far as the transfer rule and how Coach Saban has been able to use this in such a great way last year with Henry Toa Toa and Jameson Williams, but Jermaine Burton, you got Gibbs, you got uh, also uh, Tyler Harrell, uh, guys that are coming in that can make immediate impacts. Of those three guys, who do you think will make the biggest difference this year for the Crimson Tide? Uh, I think you got to go with Jameer Gibbs. Um, I think Jermaine Burton's certainly going to provide something as far as stability at wide receiver because there are so many new faces. Um, but at the same time, just the dynamic presence that Jameer Gibbs is going to provide your backfield and what it's going to allow you to do as far as being a safety blanket for Bryce Young. He's going to be a home run hitter, um, can just do so many different things, not only for your offense, but your special teams as well, being a return man. So, and I've seen a lot of people talk about the transfers, whether it be, you know, you do have Jermaine Burton and you have Jameer Gibbs and 
we think Pollerstein's going to start at left tackle. And then, you you know, in the past, you've had Landon Dickerson, you've had Henry Toto, and, of course, Jamison Williams. So Alabama's hit rate on those big-name transfers has been pretty good. And I think that that makes fans a little bit more concerned with the guys that maybe aren't doing as well early, like an Eli Ricks or a Tyler Harrell. But what people's got to understand is it's a completely different culture. It's new teammates. It's a new system, new coaches. And so, you know, just because other guys were able to, you know, translate and things end up working out for them relatively quickly, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be that way. I still think Eli Ricks is going to be a very important part of Alabama's secondary at some point this year. And we also are starting to hear uh, good things about Tyler Harrell and the fact that he was recovering from a foot injury. Nick Saban brought that up yesterday, and he's coming along. He's had a great work ethic, a great attitude <clears throat> with the whole thing. And so I think that Alabama will end up getting contributions from all five of those transfers. Uh, but as far as the one that's going to make the biggest impact, just because of everything you can do with him, it would probably be Jameer Gibbs. Clint, as we get uh, closer and closer to Alabama's season opener, the number one concern should be for this team. Is it uh, offensive line, wide receiver, or or think is uh, keeping Nick Saban up at night? Well, you know, a lot of people are going to say the offensive line or they'll say receiver, uh, which both make sense. I mean, we – saw how much Alabama's offense can struggle and how much it had to get outside of its comfort zone last year when they didn't have an effective offensive line. Uh, and also, I guess, in the national championship game when they didn't have a couple of their top receivers. But for me, if you look at where things are trending, I think based off of how things progressed, even in just one week, you know, I think a huge issue in this first scrimmage from at least, you know, the things that I was able to gather, which isn't a ton, but it felt like that most of the issues were uh, related to the chemistry with Bryce Young and him having so many new guys, and there are going to be guys that he's going to need to rely on Saturdays uh, and kind of be go-to receivers. And he was still trying to get comfortable playing with those guys. And I think in the matter of just a week, uh, the performance of that group made a lot of progress. So you start feeling a little bit better about it. The offensive line, I mean, Nick Saban yesterday talked about it having a new mentality and how that kind of reflects, you know, what they've been able to do as far as bringing in Eric Wolford to coach that group. And it reflects his personality and the high-energy guy that he is. And so you start feeling better about the offensive line and where it's heading. The one position that you haven't heard of just a lot of glowing reviews about is the cornerback spot because it's so crucial in Nick Saban's defense in the way that they asked uh, their corners to play on island. You saw in the national championship game, you know, what can happen if you don't have – quality play out there on the perimeter um and so you know they have some options i think there are a lot of encouraging options uh Tyrion arnold has been playing extremely well kool-aid mckinstry looks like a guy who's going to stop uh he's going to end up starting uh this year and then you've got guys like i said eli ricks you've got Kyrie jackson uh we'll have to see what ends up happening with jackson but he's certainly a starting caliber corner in the sec in my opinion uh, and then you've got even some younger guys like Jacquez Robinson, who has come along and done some good things and kind of worked to help out the depth there. So they have options, just like they have in that receiver, and they had options on the offensive line. You didn't look at either one of those, you know, two groups and say, "There, I don't know who's going to be starting because they don't have anybody." It's well, they got a lot of different guys, so it could be. It's a matter of who steps up and who works best together. And, you know, you can say the same thing about corner, but we just haven't been, you know, mostly because of injuries. You know, Kyrie Jackson's missed some time. Eli Ricks has missed some time. 
the guys have missed time back in the spring with uh, Ricks. You had Kool-Aid McKinstry and Kyrie Jackson miss some time during the summer. So it's just been very difficult to get, you know, their four main competitors at that spot all on the field healthy at the same time to where they can figure out exactly where that position stands. But um, I would say that if you're an Alabama fan or you're Nick Saban or anybody else, I would be probably the most concerned about the cornerback group, even though I think at some point you're going to get really good plays you know, out of that spot. It's just we don't know who those guys are going to be, and it's a matter of making sure that as many of your guys stay healthy throughout the year. Clint Lamb, who's one of the team reporters for On3 Sports, is our guest here on the Jay Barker Show. And I want to take just a minute here away from Alabama football to just get a little information on you. You're uh, with On3 Sports, which is an up-and-comer from you know where. It's, it's a bullet. Uh, you host a show up in, uh, in uh, Athens, Huntsville. Is that correct? On the ump. And then uh, here's my main question. How's a guy that goes to Birmingham Southern College and gets a degree, why in the world did you get into sports broadcasting and I mean, you're, you're too smart well, that, for this. That's actually a, a great question. It was funny because, you know, I graduated from Birmingham Southern and, you know, went to do the typical nine-to-five thing. I was working for an insurance broker in Birmingham, decided to stay in the Birmingham area. That's actually where I'm at right now. I think it's a great kind of centralized spot, whether you're talking about Nashville, Athens, Tuscaloosa. You're only about 40 minutes away from there, so you can get there relatively quickly if you need to. And then Atlanta, uh, you know, the SEC championship, typically opening game of the season. It's a really good spot as far as getting to all those different places. But I was doing the typical nine to five thing. And then, you know, I, I figured out I was sitting in my truck every day during lunch and I was watching game film. And, I, you know, I played football for a year at Birmingham Southern and decided to hang it up. I had some injuries that I was working through and I just wasn't enjoying the game as much as, you know, I'd once done. And, you know, a couple of years kind of away from the game and just enjoying it from a fan's perspective, I kind of fell in love with it again. And, you know, I just decided at one point, this is you know, this is what I love doing in my free time. Let me figure out a way where I can make money doing it and, and just love my job. And so that's kind of dove uh, two feet in. And it was pretty scary at first. I wouldn't exactly say that it started off, you know, perfect. But I've worked extremely hard and I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot now. So, I will say uh, it was quite the journey. Clint Lamb with uh, On3 Media joining us talking Alabama football. Hey, give us kind of an update on Malachi Moore, kind of where he's at. I mean, it came out his uh, true freshman year and had a lot, just very heralded as far as a recruit and then had a really beginning uh, good year for his freshman year, had some issues as far as injuries, and then Brian Branch really just kind of took over that position. Give us an update on him. Yeah, Malachi Moore is a really interesting guy because – um, you know, there are, there is a lot of playmaking ability and there's a lot of talent there. He did deal with injuries and I don't think people quite realize. I mean, you look at guys like DeMarco Hellums and John Mechie last year, they started the year banged up, but as they started to get healthy, you really started to see them take off and both players finished the season extremely well. I mean, obviously for in uh, John Mechie's case, but, uh, you know, I don't think Malachi Moore was ever a hundred percent last year and just the type of injuries with the back and some of the other stuff. It's not something that's as easily, you know, you're not able to come back as easy from stuff like that as maybe some of the other injuries that other guys were dealing with. And he kind of got lost in the shuffle because Brian Branch is such a talented player. You know, I'll continue to reiterate that I feel like this guy's a top 15 talent next year's NFL draft, and I don't feel like he's the recognition that he deserves. Uh, He can play outside corner like Nick Saban has talked about. He can play the nickel. He can play safety. And he just does everything well. He's a playmaking guy out of the slot, Um, you know, blitzing, coverage, 
I think he's going to be a turnover machine. You know, I think he can force fumbles. I think he's going to have a couple, you know, a few interceptions. So I really think he's going to take college football by storm this year. And I think that it's just, it's more of a reflection of him of where Malachi Moore is currently at rather than Moore. Uh, even though Moore did struggle a little bit last year, I still feel like the coaching staff feels very good about him and he's probably going to be playing that money spot. And he provides depth. You know, he, he had to start at safety last year because of Helen's being hurt in the first game. And he did, you know, pretty well in my opinion. So he can play safety. He can play star. If something were to happen and they had to work into their depth at corner a little bit, I very, uh, I think it's very possible that you would end up seeing Brian Branch get kicked out the perimeter corner and you get Malachi Moore out of the field and you kind of keep that experience and, and veteran presence in your secondary, which is why I love the, the secondary group as a whole. I think it's very versatile and I think it's very deep just as far as being able to kind of move a couple of guys around. And then, you know, you still got tons of veteran experience with a lot of talent. But as far as Malachi Moore, um, you know, he, he was such a, a strong player his freshman year, and I think you'll see a lot more of that player this year. I just don't think that he's going to be able to get the snaps necessary for him to get maybe the recognition that he'll deserve. But I do think he's not going to be perfect. I still think in coverage he's got some things that he needs to work on in that area. But, um, you know, I, I think he's a great player, and I think that he's going to continue to grow. Maybe, you know, if Brian Branch has the kind of season that I think that he can, He'll probably move on to the NFL, and maybe Malachi can take over at that point and, and kind of, you know, it would be a strong candidate to come back next year. And we'll just kind of have to see where things go from there. Clint, you mentioned the importance of cornerbacks in Nick Saban's system, and um, and that leads me to Eli Ricks, right? He's an AP first-team All-American uh, preseason, and uh, yet, you know, he – we haven't really seen him on the field uh, very much, and, and Nick's uh, at least during these scrimmages, right, and sort of battling an injury. What's your assessment of where Eli Ricks is right now? What are your sources telling you? And, and, and you know, will he be full go, say, for the Texas game? Well, I think what's really hurting Eli right now is that he has been a little bit slow in his, his transition. You know, picking up – and not only is there a lot of pressure on Alabama's outside cornerbacks, there's so much that you have to read and be able to do. It's a very reactive position. It's not just lining up man, you know, one on one situations, you know, pre snap, like you know, that's what you're going to do. It's all based off of what the offense is giving you. And so it's a complex defense. I think at LSU, it was more free roaming a little bit. Just let him be a five star playmaker. And in that case, you know, it worked out for him. Obviously, he was very good there. He was a freshman All-American, third-team All-American back in 2020. But, you know, he's got to learn a lot more and process a lot more at a place like Alabama. And it's just – it's not that he's not capable. You know, I always heard early in Reuben Foster's career, he kind of struggled to grasp the playbook and all the requirements. But once it clicked, you know, he was phenomenal. You just didn't really see him going through that learning process because he wasn't getting on the field a whole lot, you know, on defense as a true freshman or in his, in his first couple of years. So by the time you saw him, he was this all-star player. With Eli Ricks, you know that he's capable of being a star player, but then fans see him come to Alabama and he's, you know, working with the second team. He's not doing, you know, too great. And that has people concerned. I don't think they should be. Um, I think that, you know, with his, you know, uh, length and just physical abilities, playmaker, ball skills for days, I think that he's going to end up still being a very good player. But not only is he learning a, complex defense he's making that transition and like i said new coaches new teammates uh you know new expectations going from a place like lsu to alabama where 
last year, going, getting to the national title game was still considered a rebuilding year. That's just not expectations or, or standards that are really set anywhere else. I don't care where you are. But on top of that, the development has been slowed down because he's been banged up and he's had trouble staying on the field, which is kind of an issue that he had at LSU. And it's something that hopefully, you know, he'll be able to get over that and get on the field. And once he's able to do that, he'll be able to start progressing again. But, I mean, I think it's just been a bad combination. But I certainly don't think fans should give up on him yet. It's just going to take a little bit more time than I think a lot of people were hoping. Clint, thank you, my man. Great stuff. And uh, as always, Clint Lamb, a team reporter for Bama Insider on three sports. Again, covering Alabama football for Bama on three show as well, the host there. Clint, thank you, my man. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Clint Lamb, again, with on three sports, Bama Insider. We'll take a break. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky will stay mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today, 82. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We got a quick segment here before we get to the top of the hour. Don't forget, John Talks will be joining us at 1.15 today. We'll talk about his new book about Coach Saban and uh, much more. But uh, thanks to Clint Lamb there from On3. Really good stuff. Uh, Talked about the Crimson Tide. Alabama just a week away now from uh, their matchup, uh, less than a week away, uh, less than a week and a half away from uh, their matchup with uh, Utah State. All right, uh, two things real quick. Cornelius Bennett, happy birthday. Robert Ory, happy birthday to you as well. Two greats on basketball. Wow. Big shot, Bob, and the biscuit, Cornelius Bennett, today's birthday. So happy birthday to those uh, guys, and uh, both of those guys have been on our show, Lars, a few times, and uh, always a pleasure to be able to, to meet with them. Also, uh, Vanessa Bryant uh, wins uh, the case uh, with Kobe Bryant with the pitchers. What, $16 million rewarded to her uh, for that? Um, and that's one of the top stories has been uh, nationally uh, throughout the last uh, 24 hours. But, guys, uh, kind of your take on that. I mean, all that happening, and then I saw the story Josh sent it to us earlier as well about uh, all the babies that were born yesterday on 824 and, um, you know, talking about just, you know, the uh, the L.A. Lakers, they called it uh, Kobe Bryant Day. And also the hospitals gave all the babies like blankets with Lakers and welcome to the world, uh, L.A. Lakers and all of that number eights on their little hats that they wore uh, after they were born. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, and uh, I'm very happy that Vanessa won her lawsuit because uh, that was just uh, just horrific what what uh she and her family had to go through and um and 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 yes uh it, it also yes the the fact that uh 824 meant so meant so much to so many just underscores how beloved Kobe Bryant is and uh remains and also just how he was able to sort of reshape and transform himself you know he made mistakes 
and uh, he was able to to grow from those mistakes and become closer to Vanessa and become closer to his children and become a wonderful father, a caring father. And it was actually, you know, is you hate to say this, but it, it was uh, his love for his daughter that ultimately led to his demise, right? Because he was going going with her to a uh, uh, basketball game, and uh, boy, uh, it, it's just it, it's one of the saddest stories. And also, just how Vanessa was treated uh, was horrible by by so many people. And I'm glad that uh, they're paying a price. I just cannot imagine being on a tragic helicopter crash scene. And suddenly wanting to pull out your cell phone and take pictures and share Gr- them, gruesome and then pictures, share them, and then share, share them. them in an inappropriate way. Sixteen million may not have been em- enough, Jay. Yeah, and I tell you, anytime you go through that, the last thing you want to do is see pictures that are you know, dealing with the, the, the gruesome side of that accident. And uh, that was what uh, really caused, I think, caused them and the family so much pain. Yeah, they probably should have been rewarded more. But uh, great, great that they won that. All right, we'll come back. John Talty going to be joining us again at 1.15. Stay with us. Hour number two coming up next. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham, driven by Sunny King Ford, and coming from our la- la- fla- flagship station, Tide 100.9 FM. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community. But more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.C-O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. I'm encouraged by the improvements that we made in the offensive line. Uh, we seem to have uh, a little better mentality. Uh, I think personality of their coach has definitely added something to the, to the mentality of how we play and what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I think the personality of the players is uh, certainly something that has been a, a real positive in terms of how they've approached things and what they've tried to do. So you know, I feel more comfortable in the running game that we have and we're, we're, we're able to pass protect, I think, a little better. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been really pleased with the progress that group has made. Hi, welcome in. And uh, again, hour number two here on the Thursday edition, Jay Parker Show, less than a week and a half away from the Alabama-Utah State game. And earlier, we talked to Clint Lamb at 12.30 and get his take from On3 Media, Bama Insider as well, for Alabama and a lot of the moves they're making as far as with the the transfers over the last couple of years and all that Nick Saban has uh, accomplished uh, through that. Uh, also, coming up, John Tati will be with us at 1.15. We'll talk about his new book about Coach Saban and uh, his run with the Crimson Tide. So a lot of good stuff up happening there. I want to remind you, we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. We call it the bowling of this generation because you get to sit around, have drinks, food, and just a ton of fun with your family, friends, or coworkers, and you'll love it. They do a lot of different parties out there from birthday, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, anniversaries, you name it, and a lot of team building things as well. And a lot of charitable uh, things with a lot of the charities. They'll do different functions out there and it's like uh, having a, a golf tournament, but uh, everybody in that same area, same place there, Top Golf of Birmingham, they do a terrific job. Check it out for yourself. That's Top Golf of Birmingham, driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, we got John Talty coming up at 115. I look forward to kind of hearing uh, his thoughts and getting his take on this new book he's written about Coach Saban. But, uh, guys, uh, less than a week and a half away from uh, Alabama-Utah State and also other college games coming up uh, this weekend and uh, throughout the week. It's amazing that uh, we're already here. This this uh, offseason has flown by so fast. It's exciting, Jay. I'm already uh, planning a uh, a watch party at my house. Yeah, I talked to uh, our buddy, on, on, our bank buddy yesterday, and he said he's going to be there. Yes. So, yeah. uh, uh, it starts, uh, I think, kickoff uh, for Nebraska Northwestern is, is it 10 or, or 11 yeah, on, on Saturday. Uh, it's it's the, the really the first big game of the college football season, if you could call uh, a game between two three win game uh, three win teams last season big, but it is for Nebraska because uh, if the Huskers lose this one, I think Scott Frost is gone. Uh, it, it's hard to say that it, the first game of the season is must win, 
but I really think it is for wow. Scott because uh, the 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 patience is is uh, over. Like it, he has to beat a team that Nebraska throttled last year, like fifty six to ten or something. And, and if you lose to uh, uh, a Northwestern that uh, is uh, like many people think will finish at the bottom of uh, of the of the division that Nebraska's in, uh, they'll be in big trouble. But uh, uh, Matt, I, I just I just want to switch off the topic of uh, college football just for one second because I know we have a lot of listeners that are uh, real big NASCAR fans and, and there's some big NASCAR news coming out and um, I, I've never seen this happen before. Um, so Kurt Busch got in a, a pretty bad wreck uh, a few weeks ago and uh, had a, suffered a pretty severe concussion and he is uh, still um, experiencing concussion-like symptoms, and that has uh, kept him out of the car for six weeks. And uh, he has said that you know he's not going to um, take a spot in the uh, NASCAR playoffs, right? And so that means it's going to open up another spot for somebody else. Now, just. Explain to our listeners kind of how this works, and also, is this the end for Kurt Busch? I don't know. Uh, and and I at first I didn't like Kurt. He was a lot like Kyle still is. I exactly and feel then, the same but way. He, and, but he, he grew he matured. On he matured. Uh, he was he he was the Kobe Bryant version in NASCAR. Yes. I mean, he was a brat. And nobody liked him. He treated reporter, but he grew, and now he's just really really likable, smart guy, and very consistent. He's probably been on six or seven different teams. He's won everywhere he's gone. And sometimes it wasn't Hendrick Motorsports. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I fear that this might be it, or it might be a situation like Junior had. Yeah. Where Junior just kind of – he didn't retire that first year. He just got off the throttle. But, yeah. yeah, I think that may happen. But the way the playoff is set up with NASCAR now at the Cup Series level, at, at all levels, actually – is if you win one race, which Kurt did in Kansas, then he got hurt in Pocono, he's in the championship. He's in the final 16 no matter what. I guess in the bizarre case, they might actually have 17 different winners. But this year, they have 15 slam dunks. They've already won. So there is one slot available, and right now, the two points guys that, are, um, that can get in on points only without a win are... Um, uh, Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. Um, but what if, he what if stepped Kurt away. A, what if Kurt had announced this after the race at Daytona? Would that mean there would have only been fifteen in the field uh, at, for the championship for the playoffs? Or I'm just no, I'm he's, just curious. He's, he's, no, there there were fifteen until he made this announcement. Now they're fourteen. Oh, okay. So he has opened up the chance for possibly a, a, a brand new winner. Um, such as a Martin Truex to to win, and and, and he'd get in, and then Blaney okay. get on in on points. It's a little. It's confusing. a very. It's, it, it is a little confusing. Um, it's a very gracious thing for him to to do, but I might also add it was the right and kind of the only thing to do. If he'd held a spot that nobody was going to be able to use, so if he can't race it, it's worthless. So it was the right uh, thing to a do. A substitute driver for him. Which, by the way, is Ty Gibbs. So Joe Gibbs, the, the car, the car doesn't carry the win. It's the driver that carries the win. Well, there. Okay, now you really want me to complicate this? <laughs> yes, there are driver points, there are owner points, and there are manufacturer points. So you win a championship in, in three different ways. 
But in this case, we're talking about driver points. Okay. So you, you want me to confuse you with the way I, yeah, they score I, this do, system? Do you have a chart that you could... Uh, that, I mean, I, you know what? This is the precise reason why a lot of fans have been driven away from NASCAR because they don't understand overdone how this thing ways. works. Well, and Jay's got Brian Crichton on tomorrow, who's the president of the Talladega Super Speedway. Ask him some of these questions because even for the longtime journalists like myself that have been covering NASCAR since 82... If you ask me to put pen and paper and explain, I couldn't do it. I remember talking, <laughs> Jay, to uh, some drivers uh, when I was still covering NASCAR, and they were just uh, changing the point system seemingly every year. Yeah. They would be getting into their car, and I'd be talking to them on pit road, and I'd ask them, so how, how does this whole thing work? And they'd be like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to try to go fast. Like, okay. Uh, just, just go uh, race. And, and, and I don't know. I didn't hear anybody, anybody bring this up. But uh, Kurt Busch, um, as you talked about, will miss it now. And, and dealing with con concussion like symptoms, has had, had him sidelined now for six weeks. So, uh, as, as Matt brought up, two spots now available in that 16 driver field uh, will be open Saturday night in the regular season finale at Daytona International Speedway. Also, uh, one of his comments said, Look, I respect the sport of NASCAR, my fellow drivers, and the fans too much to take up a playoff spot if I know I can't compete for a championship this season, Bush said. The decision was not an easy one, but I know it's the right thing to do. So um, he uh, will still be a part of some of the stuff with Toyota, but uh, will not be be driving. All right, well, let's take a break. We got uh, John Tofty coming up. Matt, you leaving us? I think Matt's got to take off. And man, yeah, we're praying I for you. I got to check praying. out for a little while, but I'll be. Yeah. Hey, tomorrow is going to be dynamite. You got TK's coming to the studio. We'll Tony all Kirk. be here. Uh, yeah, I probably need to explain that. And then Brian Crichton, as I just mentioned, President of Talladega Speedway, will be there. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, Thanks. see you, Matt. All right, uh, Matt Coulter. And uh, we'll come back as we continue. Uh, leadership Secrets of Nick Saban. And John Tofty is going to join us to talk about it. Coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky will stay mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today, 82, tonight's low 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Well, I wrote one once. Uh, I don't plan to read the new book that's out. I, I don't really know what's in it, and I don't know what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. Um, I used to get really upset when people did things like this, but I've kind of learned it kind of is the way of the world now. Um, we don't endorse the book in any way. I don't plan to sign any of those books because I haven't read it. I don't know what's in it. And I don't know what's correct and what's incorrect. So, but it is what it is. And, you know, one of these days, maybe when I don't have anything else to do, which is not anytime soon, I hope, um, I might consider it. All right, welcome back in. And uh, joining us now, senior sports editor, 
SEC Insider at, at uh, AO.com and uh, also Wall Street Journal bestselling author. And we're going to be talking about it. The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban available now. And uh, John Tofty now joining us here on the show with Lars Anderson. Uh, John, first of all, congratulations on the book and uh, all the praise the book has got, not just here locally, but on a national level. Welcome in. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you saying that to you. Talk about the process of, and I've talked to Lars many times about this and the books that he writes, and, and I'd love to hear from your perspective just how the idea came about and uh, that you wanted to write about the leadership strategies and skills and, and the things that you could learn from, from Nick Saban. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, uh, you know, Lars has written books um, about Alabama football and about Nick Saban, and obviously other people have as well. And I think there's been a lot of really good books written about Saban and Alabama football. And so I thought that if, you know, if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it a little bit differently. And to me, the the bend that I thought made the most sense, the angle that made the most sense was looking at really from more of a business and leadership standpoint, because as you guys know, I mean, so many people either who have played there, worked there, whatever, they always talk about how it's run like a business and that, Saban is so detailed. He's so organized. He could be a Fortune 500 CEO. And so for me, I wanted to kind of test that out. Like, are there actually things that he is doing that would make sense outside of football, or is it really just kind of football stuff? And so that's kind of really why I wanted to write it the way that I did. John, what was your reporting process like, and how many people uh, did you talk to, uh, and, and, and kind of who did you talk to? Did you focus on former players, uh, 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 assistants who worked with Nick, childhood friends? Did you just, just cast a really wide net? Yeah, exactly, and that to me was, you know, kind of the, I know you do a similar thing, you, you want to try to talk to you know, people from as many different angles as possible. And for me, I thought it was important for this book to, a lot of it is going to be about Alabama. Uh, he's you know had a tremendous amount of success there. He's won six national championships. He's entering his 16th year there. Of course, that's going to make the bulk of the book. But I thought it was important to, you know, to show as complete of a profile as this guy as possible. Like I had to talk to people who played for him at Toledo. I had to talk to people who played for him when he was just an assistant with the Houston Oilers in the late 80s. Like, I thought I had to you know, talk to those kind of different people to be able to show how this guy has changed, how he's evolved, how he's adapted. And, and that was something that was really important to me. And so, you know, tried to cast as wide a net as possible. Ultimately, ended up talking to more than 100 people. I don't know. I forget exactly how many are quoted in the book. But, you know, some people just didn't want to be quoted, which I understood, and just wanted to talk on background and just provide some information that way. But was really happy with kind of the wide variety of different people that I was able to talk to for this book. John Tauti with us in AO.com and also the new book out, The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban. All right, what what are some of the leadership secrets that you found out and uh, maybe your your top two or three? Yeah, I think there's there's a bunch. Um, but, you know, I th- and I think this audience are, obviously knows quite a bit about the process, so I don't have to get into that the way I would for maybe a business audience. But, I think one of the things that stands out to me in terms of that I think is applicable to people of all walks of life is just the way that Nick Saban handles success. You know, I think that's one of the one of the hardest things in any aspect of life is just having success in general. But then how you handle that, I think, is so critically important. And he's so good at being able to manage the expectations that success comes with. 
He's so good at not letting it change his daily routine. I mean, we've seen plenty of guys, and I'll give you a great example, you know, what happened down in Baton Rouge. You know, Ed Ogeron wins a national championship and then starts living his life differently after that. And then two years later, like a little more than two years later, he's fired. And we've never seen that happen with Nick Saban, and that's because he's turning that page very quickly after any level of success. He's immediately understanding, okay, because we just won a national championship last year, it's going to lead to these two, three issues this year that we're going to have to address immediately. And I just don't think a lot of people think that way after they've had success, but it certainly has changed my mindset as I've had a little bit of success in life about how to handle that and what to do moving forward to ensure that you have more success. John, I have to admit, I was jealous of you because you unearthed so many anecdotes that I I missed. I didn't get them. And, uh, and, and one of them, and, and this was excerpted at AL.com, and I'd like for you to ex- uh, sort of explain it. Um, it was when, basically, I think it was his first day on the job and his emphasis on recruiting. Can you just kind of recreate that scene that you depict so wonderfully in the book? Yeah, I love that because I think it's, it says so much about who Nick Saban is and what he is good at realizing from the very beginning. And so after his, you know, after he takes a job, he has a press conference and then, you know, he first, First meeting as Alabama's head coach, he tells, you know, his, uh, you know, essentially his right hand man, okay, at three o'clock, everyone in the building needs to be in this meeting. And it, basically, offensive coordinator, GAs, secretaries, custodians, doesn't matter who you are, where you are in the hierarchy, you have to be at this meeting. And once he gets everybody assembled, he says, everything we do is about recruiting. Everything we do. And so if a recruit walks into this building and there's trash on the floor, that's going to reflect poorly on us. And if a recruit's mom calls in and the secretary answers the phone in a rude way, that's going to reflect poorly on us. And what I thought was so brilliant about that was, A, he immediately establishes what the number one priority is for the organization. Recruiting is everything. You don't have the right players, we're not going to win. He establishes that day one. But number two he gets buy-in from everybody in the organization. You know, he's not just focusing on, all right, you know, uh, Joe Pendry is my guy. That's the one I'm going to make sure gets this. He's making sure, no, the secretary, who's making a lot less than he is, that she realizes that she is just as critical to that organization's success and what she does every single day. And so I think that's the thing that you hear over and over again about Alabama and has continued on in the 16 years since, that, whether you're his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or you're his GA, or you're one of the recruiting you know, interns, basically, that every single person in that building believes that their job is critical to the organization. And when everybody in the building believes that, you can achieve a lot of great things, as, of course, Nick Saban has at Alabama. John, I talked to our guest, and we're talking about his new book, The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban, how Alabama's coach became the greatest ever. John, probably one of his biggest secrets, and you tell us, Terry Saban? I mean, certainly has played an important role in his success. And I think, you know, not only I think has she played an important role in success, but like she played an important role in getting him to Alabama. You know, I really think that without, you know, Terry Saban, he's not in Tuscaloosa. You know, I think that there was, she certainly liked the college game better. I think she helped him understand it. He also liked it better, too. I mean, he was already kind of grumbling about some of the things that were happening at the NFL. But, 
you know, famously, I mean, he was telling people at the time he wasn't going to leave. He was saying it publicly, but he was saying it privately, too, to people that, like, I'm not going to take the Alabama job. And Miss Terry just really stuck in his ear of, like, this is the right thing. This is the right thing for our family. It's the right thing for us. And she played a massive role in getting him here. And she plays a very important role behind the scenes. She's very involved in a lot of things day to day that probably the average fan doesn't even realize that she's involved with. John, whenever Nick Saban mentions his dad in press conferences, I always pay very, very close attention because uh, he usually uh, then goes on to tell a story about his father that illustrates a larger point that he's trying to make. What just one or two things do you think uh, that his dad imparted to him that he incorporates into his leadership style? I think one of the biggest ones was that I think, you know, as we see with Nick Saban now, I think with his dad, I mean, there's that constant strive for perfection, you know, and one of the anecdotes that somebody told me in the book was that like, you know, when Nick Saban, Nick Saban was a good high school athlete, but you know, his, his dad was the kind of guy who, you know, after Nick Saban might win a high school game and say he scored 30 points, his dad would be like, what was up with those four turnovers? And so there was not a lot of, you know, big hugs and telling him how great he was all the time. It was more of like, there's always an opportunity to get better. Even when you've achieved something, there's still something you probably did wrong that you could work on. And I think you see in the way that Nick handles himself, whether that's in practice, whether it's after games, he's always striving to get better. There's never that moment where he feels that really that level of satisfaction of like, I did it, you know? And I think that's, that really comes from his dad. But I also believe that there is, you know, his in general of coaching, but also just the way that his dad, you know, coached the Pop Warner team and how he was with kids from all different kind of socioeconomic backgrounds. I think you see a lot of that in Nick. I think truly at his core, he believes he's helping young men. And I think he gets that a lot from his dad. I think he saw the impact his dad made on that, you know, small West Virginia community. And I think he's trying to do that on a larger scale at Alabama. John, we were texting earlier and I I told you I've read the book and I absolutely love it. And to me, I I think this, this isn't necessarily a football book. I mean, it's not, It, it is a leadership book. Have you heard from different people in uh, different uh, walks of life, different businesses? And, and and are there things in the book that can be applied to say if, you know, you work in finance or you just you own your own business? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I had I heard from uh, an SEC AD the other day that bought the book for multiple members of this person's staff and is already kind of implementing some things, which I thought was, was pretty pretty flattering, honestly, but also pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I've heard from other people too and just kind of like, all right, I see this thing potentially impacting uh, you know, my my job. And I think one of the areas I've heard a lot about too that's interesting is is really kind of in the sales world. You know, I think a lot of people, there's something about Nick Saban's style that I think is interesting to them, especially because I think a lot of sales is, you know, it's very results oriented right and i think a lot of what saban does is as we know is more process over results and so i've noticed this this fascination from people in sales of like okay how can i maybe implement some of what this guy is doing into my world to maybe improve my sales but not be quite as either results or goal oriented the way that i have been in the past Uh, so it's been cool just to kind of the way it's spread so far and you know how people have found the book so far is pretty fascinating 
John Talty, again, our guest, and uh, the book is The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban, How Alabama's Coach Became the Greatest Ever, and uh, we'll find out how you can find that pretty much anywhere, but uh, getting a lot of rave reviews, not just here locally, but uh, on a national level as well. Hey, you brought up as far as his dad and being such a great influence and, and, and probably his biggest influence on in his life. Who are some other people that you found out that maybe influenced him that gave him uh, this uh, the, the kind of the secrets of leadership and the things that he learned from them? Yeah, to me, there are three other primary ones. I mean, I think the most famous one that gets the most attention is Bill Belichick. And I think you can see that influence in a lot of different ways. But one of the biggest ones is, you know, Belichick has this famous you know, do your job mentality, which really kind of goes hand in hand with what I was saying earlier about everyone in that building believing what they're doing is important for the organization's success. The other two big ones, Don James, you know, that's who he played for at Kent State, also the first person to you know, give him a job in college football. And so, you know, if you're a fan of another team, uh, you know, blame Don James that <laughs> Nick Saban's still a college coach because otherwise he, he might not have been. And his wife famously is a reason why as well. And he got a lot, I think, his organizational abilities uh, from Don James and just his style of kind of not being too high or too low after any one result. And then there's George Perlis, who he worked for at Michigan State the first time Nick Saban was a defensive coordinator um, that's in the 80s. They had some really good players there at that time. And there's two things that still Nick Saban uses at Alabama to today that he learned from George Perlis. And one of them is the fourth quarter program, which we're all very familiar with and how they've used that uh, throughout Saban's time. And then the other one, which is one of my favorite things, is the, the 24-hour rule, where essentially after any win or loss, you get 24 hours to deal with it, and then you got to move on. And that's something that he got – directly from George Perlis, which, of course, you know, he references that all the time still, uh, you know, more than, I guess, 30 years later after working with George. John, uh, as we both know, the literary world, uh, when you're trying to get a book contract, normally moves at a glacial pace, and it's just uh, a real grind to get a deal. And then something happened to you. <laughs> and we've talked about this a little bit, and it, and I bring it up because it, it's been announced uh, in late uh, June uh, that you're going to be working with Paul Feinbaum on writing a book centered on the feud between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and, and, and Kirby Fart, uh, <laughs> excuse me, Kirby Smart uh, will also be a central figure in this uh, new book. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that came together and, uh, and, and have you started reporting it yet? Yeah, we have started reporting it. Um, I Paul was actually in Birmingham for an event uh, earlier this week, and so we saw each other, and we were kind of, you know, spitting some ideas and jotting down some different things. But, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, I think, Lars, when you and I have talked about this, like, I think you've had some of these experiences, too. It's, it's one of those things where it could either be incredibly slow or incredibly fast. It just depends on the situation. And with this one, it was just, I mean, I, from the best of my knowledge, I really think it was that somebody saw a story about it in the Wall Street Journal and said, I think that's a book and thought, who do I call, and called Paul Feinbaum, like, I think there's a book here. And then it kind of just happened incredibly fast from there. And so I didn't really do anything. I guess maybe, you know, the work that I've done over my career helped me, you know, be in a position to do it. But, uh, you know, wasn't the typical, as you know, Lars, you know, usually you have to come up with a pitch, and, you know, sometimes you have to write a lot of pages. Sometimes it's, it's smaller, but usually it's a long, drawn-out thing. You have an agent, they pitch it, all these different things, and, not really how this one played out, which uh, I think speaks to the interest people have in that story and speaks to, in general, I think the interest 
that people have and just how college football is changing. You know, I think we're undergoing one of the most transformational periods in college football history. And I think that's something that we're going to try to get into in this book. You know, I think the statement Jimbo stuff is kind of the, the sexy stuff that might draw you in. But I also, I want to explain to people like, how did we get to this moment and, and why are we here? And I think that will be a big part of the book as well. John, tell everybody how they can find you and where they can find the book. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Talty. And then, uh, you know, you can buy the book anywhere you buy books. Uh, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. If you have a great local bookstore that you like, of course, uh, support those as well. Um, so anywhere that you want to buy a book, it's available. You can get it, probably get it in a couple of days. And uh, I think people are really going to like this book. So far, they've liked it. So I feel good about uh, selling it that people will like it. It's the leadership secrets of Nick Saban. How Alabama's coach became the greatest ever by John Talty. John, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you so, so much, much, John. Appreciate yeah, it, congrats, man. It, it's a it's a really good book, and uh, you should be very proud of your work. And and the fact that, uh, again, you were with a, a a little bit of a smaller publisher, and that it made it to a bestseller list is just amazing. And uh, and it speaks to the quality of the work, and just a fabulous job, fabulous job, John. Well, Oars, that, that means a lot to me. I truly, uh, truly appreciate you saying that. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a wild ride, but it's been fun so, been fun so far. All right, my man. Have a good day. Thanks for being with us. All right, John Talty, again, uh, joining us here on the Jay Barker Show with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. We'll continue. Hour number two coming up next, live from AVX. Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. It's Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. And uh, great to have John Talty on talking about the uh, leadership secrets of Nick Saban, his new book out. And uh, Lars, I know for him, had to be uh, mean a lot for him to get the, the kind of praise that you uh, rained down on him on, on this book as well. And you've been around a lot of different writers and guys. And, um, you know, sometimes you just you hit a, a spark or a time in your life. And, and it definitely has been his time over the last few months uh, that he's had this new book come out. And now one coming out with uh, Paul dealing with the uh, – the few between Jumbo Fisher and Nick Saban. That's going to be an interesting book to read and kind of see if there's any uh, things that they're able to dig up or come up with. At, at first, when I when I heard that they were writing this book, I thought, man, I mean, how can you write an entire book? I mean, how big can this book be based on this? But, I mean, if they go back into how they got started, their careers together and where it all began, all the way till today and the feud that happened, I guess that's kind of the approach they'll take. Your take on that and, and what would you do on that in that moment? Yeah, um, I, I'm really excited for John. Uh, I've known John for uh, many years, and uh, he, we've been on panels together. Uh, he's he's talking. He he's spoken to my classes before, and um, he just and he does a really good job as uh, as an editor at uh, AL dot com and and also doing uh, SEC stuff. Um, and, and and for this upcoming book, you're right. Like it's going to be great because 
Paul is going to be able to open doors, and I'm assuming that John is going to do the majority of the writing, and, uh, you know, Paul will probably do some of the interviews, but, um, you know, uh, I I do assume that they will um, really go back to the the very beginning of the relationship between Nick and Jimbo and, and just examine it. And they're 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 so different, and uh, you know who knows when the book comes out. Probably in two years, um, Texas A and M and Alabama may be among the the you know uh, the two best uh, team, two of the three best teams in the country, uh, given the way that both teams are recruiting right now. And uh, I, I think you can even use it as a larger platform that John mentioned to get into the different issues in college football, NIL, uh, transfer portal, and how each of these coaches has taken advantage of it, right? You could say that uh, nobody's done better with transfer portal than Nick Saban, and maybe nobody's done better with NIL than uh, Jimbo Fisher, right? And so there's you, 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 you tell stories through the eyes of, Right. And you explore issues through the eyes of the of these different coaches. And then you really can expand it, Jay, to all of college football and the state of college football. But yet you humanize it by focusing on these two characters. Yeah. And you think back to and I, I, I've known Jimbo for 30 years or more. And um, my mom, when she was secretary at Sanford University, and she was Terry Bowden's secretary, pretty much everybody's secretary there. And Jimbo was, you know, even at that time, very, um, let's just say he wore his emotions on his sleeves. Nick Saban is more like an assassin. Like he knows like how to pull things out. Like he'll say things in press conferences that may get on the nerves of another fan base or another coach. And he does it in a way that, and then he's able to let that person react and him come back and say, well, I didn't mean it that way. I was just saying based on the rules set in place. And it's like, he baits them into that reaction. And, there was probably none better. I mean, he, he probably knows Jimbo as well as, as anybody out there and how to get that kind of reaction. Not that he was trying to, but knew kind of how to respond to it and not get back into a fighting war. Something tells me, Jay, that uh, you're going to be getting a phone call from uh, John Talty <laughs> and uh, <laughs> asked to be interviewed for this book. And uh, you I know, love Jimbo. I mean, you yeah, could do I mean, a I great job. That. And, uh, and, and, you know, uh, if your mom would be willing, I mean, she would be a great source, a great source for this book. Um, I, I always love, uh, you know, really digging, digging into, uh, high profile people's past because they're, that's where you find their motivations and sort of how, uh, their uh, belief systems were formed, right? Like, who were the major influences on uh, Jimbo when he was growing up? I mean, you know, we we've talked about uh, Coach Saban and 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 the important role that his dad played. And, and John Talty mentioned uh, Don James, his first coach, and and how Don James really shaped him. And um, and you know, it, it, it's uh, to me. It's a it's a fascinating book and it, it or a fascinating idea. I mean, at first I was kind of like you, like, are you, how can you make a whole book just out of this feud? 
But mm-hmm. then, I mean, John did a great job of explaining it. it. It's it's a it's a wider look at the state of college football, but through the sort of lens of the Nick Saban Jimbo feud, and that gives them a way to explore. Like I said, NIL transfer portal, uh, conference realignment. You know, Texas A and M coming in mm-hmm. to the SEC, and and, and it, it's uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating read. So Jimbo's got to feel with this book and the announcement of it. Okay, wait a minute. I've got Paul Feinbaum, who's great friends with Nick Saban, John Talta, who just wrote a book on Nick Saban's leadership secrets. <laughs> um, a little bit. It probably feels a little bit. This thing's you know going to be over overweighted towards Nick Saban. But these guys are both great journalists, and and they've done great stories like this before. Do you think I, I, you know Nick Saban normally doesn't do um, interviews or sit downs? I mean, there could be some kind of behind the scenes talking going on about this particular topic. But I do think Jimbo wants to, again, he wears his emotions and his heart on his sleeves. And I got a feeling that he might be willing to talk to these guys and it will be interesting to see what he shares about the past. Yeah. I mean, and, and the beauty is, you know, that, uh, that Paul obviously is going to be talking to both of these coaches, uh, for the SEC network and for his show. It's almost like the coaches are obligated to go on, and, uh, you know, he can probably slide a question in here or there uh, that necessarily isn't uh, what he wants to get into for the interview, but would be uh, uh, germane to what they're doing for the book. <laughs> and it's a, yeah. you double dip a little bit. Right. Uh, and, and, and I was kind of able to do that for the storm in the tide. Uh, when I was working at Sports Illustrated, I did multiple stories on Nick Saban, including several cover stories, and uh, I was able to take that material, especially the material that didn't make it into the magazine, and then incorporate that into the book. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of ways to uh, skin a literary cat, so to speak, and uh, I'm sure these guys will figure it out. And uh, hey, that that's well, why I, I don't know. I don't know the kind of advance they got, but I know it had to be insane. And there's already they already have, I believe, a movie deal in place. So uh, this is uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Not something that's it's not something that uh, uh, that you know. Um, that they would just give anybody because I, I know Paul uh, did, he, he had no plans on writing another book but sometimes mm-hmm. in, when the money is so good you just do it yeah and also Paul's known Jimbo longer than he's known Saban I mean he covered Jimbo when he's at Sanford playing and then Jimbo when he went to Auburn oh, he yeah. covered him a, t- a ton there when Jimbo was at LSU with Coach Saban um, I mean he's known Jimbo for over 30 something years I bet uh, no doubt that uh, those guys have had many conversations. He covered the whole situation when everybody thought Jimbo was going to be the head coach at UAB, and that didn't work out. So uh, a lot of really, really interesting storylines and back backstories and history about these two uh, coaches. And, um, yeah, they'll use the feud to kind of, I guess, create the stories around it and uh, before and uh, all the way up to date. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll wrap up hour number two. Stay with us. We're live from ABX, the Jay Barker Show. Listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. 
Roll Tide. The best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky will stay mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today, 82. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A story come across PGA of America just opened its new headquarters on a massive $550 million campus in Frisco, Texas. I don't know if you had a chance to see that story or see the video. My goodness, it is a, uh, it's like what, what looks like the football facilities now, the athletic facilities uh, for PGA of America. Pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, again, I, I know this has been in the, the makings for a long time, but it's uh, the, the PGA sort of, again, another flex of strength uh, when uh, going against the live tour. And uh, boy, it's uh, it, it, it is a thing of beauty. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, I tell you, I mean, the more that you look at the and I know the players are upset with other players for joining the live tour. But the Live Tour has done a lot for PG, for the PGA, as far as opening their eyes that they got to they got to expand, they got to grow, they got to get bigger. And um, and and right now they they see what has been kind of the the builder of the sport over the last twenty or thirty years at Tiger Woods. That yes, he is out there playing, but he's you know gone through a lot off off the course. Uh, that the, the the crash and a lot of people wondering whether or not he would make it back. And just that he's made it back to some of these major championships, even if he's not going to win them or even make the cut just that he's there is such a big presence and brings out so many fans to watch it. And and now as they see him at the twilight of his career, kind of where he'll go, you know, they, then all of a sudden Liv comes in and starts taking all these other players that are building up their brands and names and pouring a ton of money into that. They had to make changes and they're doing it. They're adding the tournaments. They're adding bigger purses. They're trying to keep as many of the golfers uh, involved. Do you think long-term that they're going to have to at some point to say, look, we got to let these guys come back and play and, and, and take that hard line approach away. Ah, boy, at some point you think they would have to, uh, yes, uh, have a detente and end the war <laughs> against each other. Uh, cause that, what, what is going to be best for the game, Jay, right? You just, you want the, we want to watch the best players compete against each other, especially in the biggest tournaments. And, um, I, I think eventually, uh, something will happen, right? You know, emotions are so heated right now, uh, mm-hmm. but hopefully in the future, something will happen. I want to say real quick, very quick, that uh, I, I have a couple golfers in uh, my classes at uh, Alabama this semester, and they have just been raving about the new uh, golf, golf at, facilities. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the golf facility is just incredible, and we'll talk more about that. Lars, have a great day, and uh, we'll continue tomorrow. Friday edition, Tony Curry will be with us, also the uh, president of Talladega Super Speedway. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, this is Wes McClure.